And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Welcome to Spin Rate presented by Tops. Check out Tops Project 70, celebrating 70 years of Tops baseball cards. My name is Drew Fairservice, and this is Spin Rate, the Athletics Toronto Blue Jays podcast, talking about your uh, depressingly slumping Toronto Blue Jays for as long as we can, as long as we have to, really. I'm being joined by, uh, you know her, you read her every week, every day on The Athletic. She is an athletic staff writer covering the Toronto Blue Jays, Caitlin McGrath. Caitlin, how are you? Um, I'm doing better than the Blue Jays right now. Who among us? Who among us can't say that? Blue Jays have lost, lost I believe, five games in a row. Does that sound right? Yep, that's correct. That I wrote today. Correct. I wrote today, which you can read right now, that the Blue Jays have lost five in a row, each more crushingly bad than the last. It's not good. It's not a good time to be a Toronto Blue Jays fan. It is a good time to be someone who's looking to subscribe to the Athletic. If you want to read that thing that Caitlin just that thing, it's a story. She wrote it today on the heels of the Blue Jays' loss. If you want to read it, and you don't subscribe to the Athletic yet, if you do, thank you. You're doing good work. If you haven't yet subscribed to The Athletic, I think you should go to theathletic.com slash spinrate, where you can get a subscription at a low, low price of $1 a month. You can't beat it. And you go there and you tell them that we sent you. Everybody wins. Maybe not everybody, but like, it's good. It's good for you, good for me, good for Caitlin, good for Cam on the ones and twos. You can subscribe to the podcast as well. Wherever you get your podcast, subscribe. If you want to leave us a like, you want to leave us a rating, you can do that. You can be positive. You can be truthful. Whichever one you prefer. I'm good either way. I read them sometimes. I can't. I won't even lie. I read them. Because maybe, you know, feedback, constructive or otherwise. We can, um, we're going to talk about the Blue Jays for as long as we can until I have to stop talking about the Blue Jays and make us talk about West Ham United, who, of course, finished sixth this year in the Premier League for the first time in 25 years. They're going to play in Europe. I could not be more excited. It's so, it's so funny because they finished sixth and it's like not a, you know, it's sixth, like sixth, but it's also like an enormous accomplishment and I'm very excited and it was a terrific season. And if you follow me on Twitter, you know, I tweet everyone who doesn't follow soccer all of a sudden it's like, why are these people tweeting with in an accent at odd hours of the day and meaningless things? And it's like, everyone switches like that. And it's like, Oh, get in then bloody hell. And like, I don't care. I, I, I like the Blue Jays. I've been doing this about the Blue Jays for a long time. My relationship with the Blue Jays is different. One of my, my things I like about West Ham and soccer is there's a little bit of distance. So I don't see interview shows. They're not These guys aren't doing ads and stuff like that. It's just a thing that's over there a little bit. And I get to like invest in it emotionally. And I don't have to bother myself too much with like the other stuff. And I'm not trying to analyze it. I'm just like, boy, it's fun when they're good. When they're bad, it sucks. And right now they're good. And I'm, it's great. And I'm, I'm already like 
scheming. I got to figure out where they're going to play in Europe because I'm going to go wow. watch a game. I don't know. We'll see. I've got a, my friend. I, I went to see West Ham once in England. My One of my best friends lives in London. He's a Crystal Palace supporter. So he sat in the Palace section and I sat in the West Ham section. And we watched West Ham well, win 3-1 over Crystal Palace at the London Stadium. And it was great. We had uh, the time of my life. It was so cold. Oh, my God. It was unbelievably cold in January. And then we went out to Tayabs, which is a very famous, like, Pakistani, uh, uh, like, Indian food place in Shoreditch. And it was the best day. The best day ever. West Ham won 3-1. But now my plan is wherever they end up playing in Europe, whoever's in their group, we're gonna, I'm going to go. Don't tell my wife. Got to get that to save those podcast dollars up. <laughs> Off we go. So... I just want to, I can't help it. It's all I want. It's all I can think about all day long. So, and it's positive and it's fun. The Blue Jays, not so much right now. Yeah. At least you have that to balance, balance things out. So about those Blue Jays, tell me if I'm wrong. Do people, do people like, like me and people who are, you follow on Twitter and people you interact with uh, in your stories and the comments, do you think the, the fact that it's the Rays makes it worse? Does the fact that they lost to the Rays like this make it, like make people doubly crazy than maybe if it was just a normal bullpen meltdown one after another. <laughs> I think so. Um, maybe not for all the reasons which it drives you crazy, but I certainly think <laughs> <laughs> with any division opponent, it's obviously a tougher pill to swallow. I think with mm-hmm. the Rays in particular, I think they were talking about this on the broadcast, but I, I, cer- I don't remember a time when the games against the Rays were easy. Like they always seem to just be, even the wins seem kind of difficult. They always seem to be fairly close when the losses happen. They seem to be very um, deflating losses. Um, I feel like there was a handful last year. The Blue Jays tend to like play the Rays, at least the last couple of years, they've played the Rays fairly competitively. It's and but that almost makes the games and the losses harder to stomach. I think Um, I was actually thinking, of this question and I was like this is a this is a story that maybe I'll do when things are back to normal I don't know it, it one it, it would be one of those stories where I'm like I'll go up to a player and be like this is a, might be a stupid question but humor me and let me see if I can make this something what is is it worse to lose a one run game or is it worse to lose a blowout like how do players feel about that I wonder that's interesting so I, I think about it this way and this is sort of like a little bit of a statist- from a t- statistical perspective. Um, One-run games are are luck in, in a lot of ways, right? If you lose or win a bunch of one-run games, that's also often where you'll see a team that kind of is a bit of um, a mirage. Mm-hmm. Say a team that comes out of nowhere and wins a bunch of games. Like uh, I, an example that's off the top of my hand is like the 2011 Diamondbacks, for example. 2011 the Diamondbacks kind of came out of nowhere and were good and made the playoffs and then they went back away and resumed being the diamondbacks one run games are like a really strong r- luck metric and mm-hmm. and if you lose a lot of one run games or win a lot of one run games it can ruin your season but it's not necessarily indicative of the talent of your team blowouts for me are like that's the sign that your team is good or conversely bad because like good teams don't get blown out and they also do a lot of blowing out and the example i'll give of this to bring it back to what we're talking about, or what I'm talking about, and I'll get to what you're talking about. The 2000, uh, 2015 Blue Jays had a terrible record in one-run games. They were 15-28 in one-run games. But they were 37-12 and 12 in blowouts. 
So they destroyed teams, as everyone remembers. And they won. The other thing they did that only good teams do is they went on a long winning streak, kind of like what the Rays are doing right now. But I think the emotional thing, I think the the blowout stuff is sort of, I think it's probably easy. I, I, I think it's worth asking. But for me, I would guess it's probably easier to flush unless you're like one of the pitchers that had to wear it. Mm-hmm. Right. If you're if you're a, if you're a batter and you you're like, I went one for five today, but and maybe I kicked it in the outfield, but we lost, you know, 11 to three. It's like, whatever, back at it tomorrow. If whoever it is that gave up the bulk of those runs is probably like, yeah, I got shelled and it was dog shit. But the one run thing, it's, 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 I can imagine it's, um, it wears on you a little bit, unless you have that, like, well, we're going to go and win the next game by six or seven. Also worth noting, the Blue Jays in 2015, of course, we all remember, they had a losing record against the Rays even then. They were nine and 10 against the Rays in 2015 when the Blue Jays were good and the Rays were not good. You know, it's it, another thing about this that it, people kind of seem to kind of forget that the Rays were sort of bad for a while. Like they just kind of ignore it. I think that there's like this, this, this narrative around the Rays that they're always this unkillable m- machine, but it's like, not really. They barely they win. Yeah, they hmm? were bad not that long ago. It, wasn't, it really wasn't that long ago. They weren't like, They've gone through phases where they've been like bad, bad, then they've just been like bad, then they've been mediocre. It's it has been more recent where they've turned into a team where like you're always uh, don't sleep on the rays, don't sleep on the rays, and they kind of sneak up on you um, as they're kind of doing right now. Because mm-hmm. I mean, we were ta- everyone's been talking about the Boston Red Sox and how they're well, not necessarily running away with the division, but they've stayed atop the division basically the entire season so far. But now you look at it, the Rays are same record as the Boston Red Sox right now. So, Mm -hmm. I mean, um, could be a matter of days between um, when the Rays overtake them, potentially. The Rays are the team that, like, gets all credit and doesn't have to worry about being a disappointment because it's like, oh, well, they're the Rays. They don't have any money. Of course they're bad. Or of course they're mediocre. Of course they were under 500 for like five or six years in a row, you know, in the, at the end of, you know, when the Blue Jays were good mm-hmm. in 2015, 2016. And then, you know, of course not so much 2017, the Rays weren't good. And then the Rays had a, had a bit of like a wave that sort of came along. So everyone loves to hold the Rays up as the, as the paragons of virtue, the, the great innovators of the game. But it's like, A, other, you know, they made the World Series last year in the weird season. All full credit to them. They're 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 good, but it it is it is grating because the the Blue Jays cannot ever beat the Rays. It feels like even when they're good, they lose to the Rays. It is a good point you make because it does feel like, especially this year, the Rays almost like gave themselves permission to potentially be bad or potentially have low expectations because you like trade away Blake Snell. You're like, mm-hmm. well, what you know, what can we do? Maybe we're rebuilding. Maybe we're doing this, and then you, and so any way you like. Any way you you look at it, you could say, well, the the Rays, if they were bad, for example, if they weren't doing so well, you say, well, the Rays traded away one of their best starters. And so what did we expect? Of course, they were going to take a step back. But then, as you say, you could also, then they play well, and then you look at them like, well, no one expected them to be here, and they traded away their best starter, and they're good again, and they're the Magic Rays. And so, like, there, it's almost this, like, you know, it's like, it's win-win for them because it, it it's either they had no expectations and they're bad, but no one cares because no one thought they'd be good, or they have no expectations and they're good and everyone says, well, you will discount the Rays and they're the Rays. 
I don't think it's win-win for the Rays. I think there are zero stakes for the Rays. It doesn't matter if they win or lose as long as they they maintain their budget, which right. is why they can do things. And I, I was on the radio tonight today talking about this because the host was like, oh, these Rays are just terrific. And I was like seething <laughs> with rage. But but like like Manuel Margot. So on the weekend, you know, Buck and Tabby were, were going on about how good – Manuel Margot is off. And the Rays would not be a worse team with Tommy Pham – playing right field for them, in addition to the fact that they gave up Jake Cronenworth in that deal. They would not be worse if they had Tommy Pham instead of Manuel Margot. What they would be would be more expensive, which is then a loss for the Rays. That's the only loss that matters to them. Are they paying too much? So they signed Blake Snell to this deal that looks great, but all that is is cost certainty when they go to move him, you know, when when they do. And everyone, we can all see these things coming a mile away. God only knows where, uh, what's that big goof with the hair? What's his name? Uh... Tyler Glasnow. Uh, Glasnow, God only knows where he's going to end up. If he if he has another great season, he's looking at some big R rewards. So either they'll try to get his name on some dirt dirt uh, uh, dirt cheap contract and whatever. But anyway, the point is, it does feel worse when it's the Rays because it's infuriating because they have a weird like. It's I, I wish I could put my finger on you know that. I guess maybe one of the differences is it's like, especially when the Blues guys are not playing well, like right now, where it's like the Rays band of faceless goons are good in the bullpen and the Blue Jays band of faceless goons are bad. And it's frustrating. We'll be right back with more spin rate. But first, check this out. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, Everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. That we should really talk about that. I think, you know, the fact that they lost to the Rays, the Rays are good about identifying talent. The Rays are good at identifying key skills. And I th- what I think that the Rays deserve credit for having a really, really athletic lineup, right? They have lots of guys that can really run, lots of guys that can run the bases, lots of guys that can do all kinds of stuff like that, make things happen um, on the bases, for, you know, forcing the issue, which, you know, guys like Buck and Tabby like, whichever it, it, it is, can be an attractive brand of baseball when there's stuff happening as opposed to kind of standing around waiting for a three-run home run. But the issues, the reason the Blue Jays lost this weekend was more about the Blue Jays than it was about the Rays at the end of the day. Yeah, I mean, and like, I mean, you look at it also and it wasn't all bad for the Blue Jays. It's just like when it was bad, it was as bad at the worst moment. Like you look at the game on Saturday and Robbie Ray couldn't have really been better. He pitched excellent. He's been excellent for the Blue Jays. And it's the one game um, or one of the few games where the offense does not come through at all for the Blue Jays. Um, and that's one of those 
times where we're probably going to look back at the whole season as a whole and look at a very few handful of times where the offense just wasn't firing for the Blue Jays, anyone, right? Or just not scoring. Um, this loss on Sunday was, yeah, just the bullpen. Like the, and, and, and the thing is, like, I understand that people <laughs> like to, you know, criticize bullpen management. Charlie called on the best reliever that he had in the ninth inning. Tyler Chatwood has been very good for the Blue Jays this year. He had a ERA b- below one. He was not walking a lot of guys. His command has been better. Um, and he had a two-run lead, and he couldn't get it done. And, uh, you know, Charlie pulled him, and then things got worse from there. Travis Bergen. Now, Travis Bergen was probably outmatched in that spot. That's a higher leverage spot than anyone would have penciled him in for back in March. But it is one of those things where like a bad bullpen blow up is going to happen every so often. Are they happening more often for the Blue Jays now? Yes, because they are not so much running on fumes. I don't think, I just think they're, they're just having to rely on guys that simply aren't guys that can fill those roles. Like they don't have a David Phelps anymore, um, or he's on the IL. Ryan Barucki's on the IL. You know, they're Julian Merriweather, a guy that was excellent for them to start the year. He's been out for a long time. And so there's just, they're just missing that firepower. They're missing a lot in their bullpen right now. And for a while they got away with it in April and they, the injuries didn't impact them as much, but it's really catching up to them now and so yeah and and the the Friday game was also just it was a it was just a disaster like it just you have Marcus Simeon hitting his out of this world um he's going for the cycle and then they have not one but two opportunities to score in extra innings mm-hmm. with a man on second and they can't and it goes to 12 innings how does a game in this day and age go to go to the 12th inning you have touched on the same issue in two different ways, which is to say the Blue Jays' lack of talent is being exposed now, right? Like in the bullpen. The, well, uh, and and on the field. Right yeah, now. well, all, all the injuries are certainly like all, all the, the injuries the, yeah. and, and and forcing you know all injury injuries and underperformance have rendered the Blue Jays incredibly reliant on like six players, right? If if Marcus Simeon, Bobuchet. Uh, Vladimir Guerrero Jr., Teoscar Hernandez, Robbie Ray, and Hyunjin Ryu, and I guess you could probably throw Steven Matz in the mix too. If they don't win the Blue Jays a game, they're not going to win. The the right now with what you're getting from Danny Jansen, uh, what you can expect to get from Reese McGuire, what you what you can expect to get from uh, Santiago Espinal, what you're getting from from Roddy Telez, what you what you are going to get from from Jonathan Davis. Joe, what you're going to get from Joe Panic, it's not good enough. Like they're not good enough. They're and it's doubly so when we all love to watch the Blue Jays slap it around like they did against the Red Sox, and they're hitting it to right field and they're slapping it here and slapping it there. But you realize why teams rely on the three run home run because when you get down to the bottom of the order and you've got three or four guys in your lineup that can't hit at all, suddenly the hits dry up. And, and you can, you, you know, Teoscar Hernandez can, can go the other way all day long, but he's standing there on second base watching, watching Santiago Espinal be outclassed at the plate. He's watching Danny Jansen, like, just struggle mightily to put, to make quality contact. He's, he's watching Jonathan Davis, like, just 
look like a fifth outfielder at best, not a starting center fielder or or a fourth outfielder. They just they don't have they're not good enough. Those players aren't good enough to play every day for a good team that's having to play against all other good teams. That's the thing that's sort of been unsaid in this. And I'm sure that, you know, you and I were talking off air and we'll talk a little bit later, maybe even about the power rankings, but like the Blue Jays are in tough. Their schedule is tough. So they need the lineup to be what the lineup is. And everyone's dealing with injuries, but the Blue Jays, it's magnified because they're playing other better teams. So suddenly you've got these gaping holes in the lineup and the runs dry up. Or you've got an opportunity to win the game in a high leverage spot, and then you've got a a player who's not well suited to it to that offensive role. You've got Santiago Espinal at the plate; he's got a few knocks here and there, but like, let's be real. And then you've got the manager telling him to bunt because the manager has no faith in his ability to to do anything else productive at the plate. Doesn't want him to strike out. Doesn't want him to hit in double play. Whatever it is. So now you're up against it, and then the, the manager is asking him to bunt. He can't bunt. They they still bunt with him with two outs with two strikes which is which is so asinine like give up at this point like just what's the worst that can happen is he is he really going to hit into a double play is that is that the real threat here maybe it is but at the end of the day this is a results business and that shit didn't work and then the same thing you've you've just you've got at the back of the bull like we're talking honest to god we're talking about Travis Bergen pitching in a high leverage spot like as high leverage as can be and he's been a nice surprise out of the bullpen but he throws one pitch <laughs> and now he's again facing good hitters in a high leverage spot and he didn't get hit around but he couldn't find strike zone because he's Travis Bergen and I was thinking about this a lot and 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 I the Blue Jays when you watch the broadcasts it's different when Dan Schulman isn't there Buck and Tabby do their thing but asking Travis Bergen to pitch in a high leverage spot is the same thing as asking Buck and Tabby to simulcast radio and TV. They are very, very ill-suited to one of those roles. And I was watching the Blue Jays game thinking, what would it be like right now if I was driving and listening to this game on the radio? And I was like, the answer is I would have driven off the road <laughs> into a ditch, into a tree. At one point, Robbie Ray was coming set. About the third pitch of the at-bat, and there had been no mention of either of the first two pitches at all. And then they were like, here comes a 2-0 pitch. And I was like, thank you. If I was driving, I would have been screaming. But luckily, it's Robbie Rice. You know he's grunting his way through it, right? You can like, oh, there's one. Well, there's the next one. Who knows what happened to those pitches? I mean, they, they, he didn't hit them. And, 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 and I don't mean to criticize Buck and Tabby because it's a difficult job. They're being asked to do something that they're not suited to do. They're being asked to do something that they don't have the skills or experience or ability to do. Just like the Blue Jays, because of the injuries, because of where the, the state of the bullpen, because they have three starters or two and a half, depending on what month you look at Steven Matz, they're putting an inordinate amount of pressure on their bullpen. And then there's only so many outs in those arms out there. And they've been asked to do too much. And they've been asked to do stuff that they shouldn't have, have been asked to do at any point. And then they get hurt. And then guys like Tyler Chadwood is having a great year. He's a good pitcher. I don't begrudge him, but that's those are the margins that you're working on. If Tyler Chatwood comes out in the ninth inning and doesn't isn't able to do, you know, pitch to the corners like he does, suddenly you're all out of ideas. And and it's it's not an indictment of the front office. It's not, it's just that's the shit that's happening right now when I watch. And it's like, 
you see them against the Rays, and and the Rays are, are great at, at at identifying these these guys. They bring these goons out of nowhere. These one guy's big, one guy's little, one guy throws up over his head, one guy throws it out of the dirt. But they all throw ninety six, and it's all moving like two feet because God only knows what they're spraying on their hands in the dugout. But nonetheless, they look overmatched. They don't look as good, and it sucks. But it's not. It's gonna get. It's not gonna get better until more guys start coming, and they don't have to rely on marginal big leaguers to carry the load yeah well i also think (laughs) that you you done um i also think that like as you say i wonder if in july things are a little bit different this five game stretch here is just entirely forgettable it's really hard to say because i hear both sides of it You can't necessarily say, you know, games never matter because ultimately every game does matter. Um, The reason why you say, well, it's only May and it's early is just you understand that there's a lot of time to make up for wins here. They, as we've pointed out on this podcast before, they still have 19 games left against the Orioles. Um, They have a lot of other games against um, teams that they should be better than. They will certainly squeak out wins against teams that are as good as them. They will probably win some games that they shouldn't win. And that's the thing with baseball, right? Like it's Mm -hmm. sort of that Mm -hmm. generally does sort of even itself out a little bit. Um, But I, I would say that this could be the worst that it gets for the Blue Jays, potentially, right? Like, there's a lot of injuries. Could they have more injuries? Certainly. But, I mean, they've had some of the worst injuries you could potentially have. Like, they've had, they've lost their best player. Like, George Springer has not played for the team. Um, mm-hmm. And that's an issue. Like, they... Absolutely. It, that's a big issue, obviously. And then, as you pointed out, there's a lot of other guys that are being asked to fill roles that they... um probably are are not equipped to do like Santiago Espinal. Yes, Kevin Biggio had some issues to start the year, but I think ultimately Kevin gives you more at the plate, which is his ability to get on base um, and some other things that he does. He can, he can hit some, he can, um, you know, walk into a few home runs every now and then. And um, now he's on the injured list. So he joins up a bunch of other guys that are injured. And so, you know, I think it's a, it's a really bad stretch for the Blue Jays here. I think, Though, like, I don't even know, not less than a week ago, they were a team that was six games above 500, and now they're a team that's just one game above 500, and it does really change very quickly. Um, it is concerning, though, how quickly they they can fall out of the race in the AL East, though, because the Yankees, race and the Boston Red Sox are all playing fairly well right now. Like, the Boston Red Sox jumped out to a big lead in the division. The Yankees and the Rays have both been playing really well lately, um, playing against good teams, too. I think the Yankees were against the White Sox this weekend. Mm-hmm. Um, and so... If you look at the standings, I don't have them in front of me, but I looked at them earlier today. Um, the Blue Jays are at 23 wins, and I think the Yankees are at somewhere in like 27 or 28 wins. And then the both the Red Sox and the Rays are at 29 wins. So it's not a huge gap, but the Blue Jays are playing one more against the Rays, and then they have three against the Yankees. And if it doesn't go well, that's that could be four more games behind the division leaders. And and the issue is right now that they're not as good as those other teams. Maybe the Red Sox, you know, the Red Sox are, are a, have a lot more potential for 
pumpkinry than than the than the maybe the Rays or, or definitely the Yankees. But I guess the question is like these issues are not necessarily going to resolve themselves quickly. Okay, because we're, we think about okay, so if say the Blue Jays bring up Alec Manoa tomorrow, okay, so Alec Manoa is starting, and that means Ross Stripling is in the bullpen, which is like okay, that can be helpful, but it's Ross Stripling going to you know, which is it, it, it will never hurt, but like that's a that's a very incremental. So whose innings does he take? He takes Jeremy Beasley's innings or or Ty Tice's innings away, right? Or maybe not. Or he 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 moves to the more to the middle, and you start to slide some other guys down a little bit. Okay, so then you then Thomas Hatch is healthy, so you bring him in, and then now I I, I couldn't even think of who the other starter would be. <laughs> Nate Pearson. Like, yeah, exactly. Well, so 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 if Stripling's out of the out of the rotation, like there's still a spot, right? If you've got if you've got Mats, Ryu, Ray, Stripling, and then who who's the fifth guy right now? Well, yeah, because they sent Anthony K down. Exactly. So, so, so you bring Stripling, you move Stripling to the bullpen, but you're still not. There's no other uh, uh, additions to the bullpen. If you bring up Hatch tomorrow and Manoa, and then you bring up Nate Pearson, then it's like, okay, now now we got a lot. Now, again, maybe we'll, we'll see what happens. But like, the issue is in the in the bullpen is still the fireworks going off. There's issue in the bullpen is still. Um, it's still unresolved, and like, okay, well, if you get Julian Merriweather back, I mean, he's thrown four and a four and a third terrific innings, but uh, <laughs> we're really know, relying it, on him to come back and <laughs> and just carry but, the bullpen. But it's hard; it, it, it's tough on, on on the Blue Jays because, again, when you think about the bullpen, it is so much of this like found money, right? In in, in its own way, because they mm-hmm. they. They, they've gotten good performances from the Chatwoods and whomever else is uh, of the world. But at the end of the day, the guy they, they signed who, with, with the intention of him being one of their most key relievers isn't going to pitch for them at all. So, but who else is who else has got to come back still? Oh, you get Baraki back, okay, that's something. You get Dave Phelps back, okay. You're, you know, you're 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 getting getting there, but. That's that's what it takes. It takes it's going to take all these guys coming back and sort of reshuffling what you've got. And and Charlie Montoyo again, he he got all kinds of credit for managing the bullpen when nobody was walking anybody and everyone's throwing ninety seven and throwing strikes. And now he's probably getting too much blame. It's a lot easier to manage the bullpen when you've got good and reliable arms out there, and you're not putting so much pressure on the same guys every single night and and uh, and asking them to do the heavy lifting all the time. More spin rate coming up right after these words from our sponsors. If you're as obsessed with basketball as I am, then you know there's no better time of year than the NBA playoffs. Hey guys, this is JJ Redick. Twice a week, I'm cooking up something special for basketball junkies on my podcast, The Old Man and the Three. I bring on guests in all stages of their careers to talk about the league and share stories you won't hear anywhere else, like Devin Booker on why he talks so much trash. Or Paulo Bencaro on his shooting workouts with Kevin Durant. Ray Allen's epic free throw competitions with LeBron when they were teammates in Miami. But it's not just about the player interviews. Every Monday, I break down the top three things happening around the NBA without the outlandish takes. Often joined by masterminds of the game like Tim Legler, we dive deep into topics like rookie reports, trade breakdowns, and why is meme mugging now a tech? The Old Man of the Three is the only companion podcast you'll need during the playoffs this year. Be sure to listen to The Old Man and the Three ad-free on Wondery Plus or wherever you get your podcasts. 
As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10. Place your first bet on any game and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. I guess, I guess that's the question. It's like, um, it's like, while we might forget this five-game blip, when it, t- when it comes to time, and it is still early, What's the timeline for recovery like? Like when it, when are we going to start to see the better version of the Blue Jays? And not not is it going to be too late, but is the better version of the Blue Jays then then good enough to compete? There's a lot still a lot of question marks, even if we're talking about Manoa and Hatch and Pearson and uh, and some of these other guys coming back. Right, and it also like kind of depends on how. Um, big the hole is they dig themselves because like so, one of the better things about April is that as much as the injuries mounted, they really handled them fairly well. Like they really just hovered around that 500 mark. And for the first month, that's more than fine to do. Then they really started to get it rolling a little bit. Like I said, they were like six games above 500. It really looked like they were like um, finding their game and everything was clicking. And then you have these five games. And so that's why sometimes I think, well, you know, it's a week ago we were talking about the Blue Jays, like, really, you know, playing their best baseball. And then now five days later, they're playing their worst baseball. And it's probably somewhere more in between. I mean, Charlie obviously is the type of guy that usually looks at the positive side of things. And he made the point that he talked to the team afterwards, today's loss, um, and said that keep playing the way you guys are playing. Like you're not playing bad baseball. It's just some tough losses and, um, you know, kind of like, quote unquote, like, don't really hang your heads type of thing. And to some extent, I mean, I think he's, I don't think they've been playing, they're not booting it around, right? Like they haven't been playing awful baseball. They have not been getting some of the timely hitting that they were getting before. I think one of the things too, is like, you kind of made the point is like, one of those guys at the bottom of the lineup is like, just not doing the sort of like the one play of the game that helps them, you know, like, and I think in the, a, previous games like we saw like a guy like Josh Palacios like have a good couple good nights there and that was enough right like that was just mm-hmm, the time mm-hmm. hitting they needed at the bottom there's been other like as you said Santiago Espinal he had a few good games where he was you know three for four whatever it was it was enough like that's all they needed in that bottom half of the lineup um but now they're not getting any of that and actually like the top of the lineup has been pretty good I mean Simeon's like the best hitter in, in baseball right now, or one of the best hitters in baseball right now, Vlad, obvi- <laughs> other than Vlad, who is yeah. the other best hitter in baseball. And Bo has, you know, not, I don't know that Bo's really been at his peak, but he still, even if he's not 
at his best, he still it gets like a hit a game. Like he, he very rarely doesn't get a hit or like whatever. He's making it work. Um, Teoscar Hernandez has been excellent. And, you know, your boy, uh, Lourdes Gurriel Jr. is coming along too. Is he? Uh, <laughs> no, he it, is. <laughs> you're, you're right. You're, you're right that um, like like the top feels, of the order is. It feels worse than the, the five losses and how they've lost them, I think, is making it feel worse because the losses have just been like late, like the ninth inning. They lost, they blew a save with Dolis against the Red Sox and JD Martinez hit the two run home run. Like that hurt. Then they couldn't score when Robbie Ray had a great outing. They had the, you know, so many chances in that extra innings. They didn't score. And um, in that game, actually, it was the top of the lineup that really wasn't coming through because they had multiple chances. And then this game on Sunday here was just the bullpen imploding. And so I'm just saying, like, I mean, it goes back to my question is, like, would it be would it be better for fans if, if the Jays just lost all these games 8 nothing? Would that be more crushing? I don't well, know. You, you know, I don't think it would because, I, th- I mean, think back to last year, right? Think back to last year when the Blue Jays would play the Yankees and get destroyed. And then the Blue Jays had a couple blowouts of their of their own, but it was like those games were not competitive. But it's like I, I think especially <laughs> there's, a, there's a, the mental piece, especially from a fan perspective, is you sit there and you watch the game, and these games they are endless, and then it ends so badly. Where mm-hmm. if you're watching the Blue Jays play the Yankees and it's you know nine one in the fourth inning, where you're like, well, I'm off to do something else. I got to see what my girl Mayor of Easttown is up to. I'm not sticking around to like dig through this. But if you've invested in, you're there all the way, especially a game like the Blue Jays are like, oh my gosh, they're going to win one. They're going to get this one after a couple, two, <laughs> two rough nights, a couple rough nights where there's weirdness and bunts and all that other kind of crap. And then they blow it and you're like, wow, baseball sucks. Why do I do this to myself? Uh, uh, but I think that. I don't think that we're probably we're too early to start thinking about upgrades, but I think that if you are the Blue Jays, that is something that you do need to kind of think about a little bit um, about positional upgrades. Um, you know, as you get into June, and that's when that sort of trade talk will 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 start to pick up. I'd love to see the Blue Jays be uh, proactive on the trade on the trade uh, market when the time comes. Um, you know, the Yankees. I always um, admire Brian Cashman for like he's always first. The trade deadline might be two, two or th- three weeks away. Oh, There's just fireworks. fireworks in my neighborhood. I thought I closed the window, so it doesn't really matter. Okay, hold on. <laughs> All right, we'll see if that's better. I'm not hopeful. They sounded really close. Yeah, anyway, they sounded like your neighbors or something. Yeah, I think it was like the street over, like this little court kind of like over mm-hmm. there. I think it might have been in that court. Uh, I always admire Brian Cashman because he – finds or sees uh, a need or a player that is the right fit for him uh, and his team. And he goes out and makes that deal whenever the deal presents itself, not like dragging his feet, not, oh, we got to make sure that we're haggling and you know, we don't want to move too early. Like you, the Blue Jays know what they need. Right? They need an upgrade at third base and they might need an upgrade behind the plate. Unless you are thinking that, you know, if we t- if we wake up in September and Gabriel Moreno and Alejandro Kirk are the Blue Jays, Catching platoon, uh, that would be wild. But uh, Mourinho is it looks great in Double A. It's a long way from the big leagues, but uh, and, and you know it'll be interesting to see when Springer comes back what the DH thing does. Obviously, Rowdy Tellez right now is playing himself out of a job or uh, mm-hmm. even playing himself out of contention for a job, which is a shame. Rowdy Tellez is so easy to root for, and he looked so good last year, and now he looks lost. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was really frustrated on Saturday night. When they pinch hit him, 
And he comes up, and it's 3-0, and he's facing, uh, what's the name, Fairbanks, the big tall one. And I don't know if he got a red light or just decided he was going to take 3-0. And he took a fastball 3-0, and it was on the inside half. And I was like, man, what are you doing? And then he struck out on two pitches because he was because the Fairbanks was able to go back to the off-speed pitch, which is really befuddling um, Telez, I don't know if that was Rowdy being like, didn't want to swing 3-0, or if he got that take sign from the dugout. If you got the take sign from the dugout, I'm mad, personally. Because, like, what are you sending him up there to do? To, dr- to try to draw a walk? No. Send him up there to try to hit the ball into the outer space. Come on. But they have some upgrades, upgrade potential around the diamond. We'll have to see, again, Lourdes Gurriel, my, my boy, Lourdes Gurriel, you know, hitter's hit, um, if he's able to resume hitting uh, as he was. But again, I think, you know, is he hurt? What's what's his deal? No, he's fine. He was playing today. He played first base the other night, which, again, says a lot about what they think about his defense. Well, yeah, I, I wasn't actually paying that much attention on um, the Saturday game because I was off that day, so I wasn't on mm. the call. So I'd actually, I don't know. I don't remember really what the reasoning was. I think it was something about, I don't know, wanting to give – Vlad a day off. Which is fair. I get that. And then they're they're not playing Rowdy probably because of the pitching matchup, like mm-hmm. the handedness maybe. So mm-hmm. um I think Lourdes was back in the outfield today. And um well it's interesting what you say with George Springer though, because I think that at one time you know, back in March or whenever when we didn't know how the season would pan out, it was all how are you gonna fit all these guys and you so many at bats? And there's five guys and how are you gonna and it's now it's like you're right, it's easy. It's like George Springer comes back. And then, I mean, the, the the decision is like, what do you do with the outfielders? Because I think Teoscar Hernandez has been fine in the outfield. I Randall Grichek's obviously been better, but what do you do? Like, would you would you move Teoscar Hernandez to left field and then like be DHing Lourdes Gurriel? Like, I don't know. That'll be kind of interesting to see what they do there. Or they probably like more likely they'll just kind of rotate it around, so there won't really be an, an actual pattern. It will be like you know, one day Lourdes will be DHing, and then the next day. Tiosco Hernandez will be DHing and and that kind of thing, and they'll just kind of cycle through that, and then Rowdy will get in there sometimes and whatever it may be. So like I don't know that there's going to be any patterns, but certainly I don't think they're going to be like you know there's not going to be too many guys who needs at bats necessarily because you as you say like Rowdy Telez isn't really earning the at bats right now. I don't even know how long he'll be on the team if they have to make all these moves and stuff. Like he mm-hmm. might. I don't know if you. I guess Joe Panic's back on the roster now, and Espinal might be gone when um, when Cavan comes back. But I don't know. There's other things you might want to keep. You might want to keep him around though, because his versatility and he does play a nice third base. And like you say, and then they can use Cavan more in a versatile role, whatever it may be. There's decisions coming up, but um, it's not like they have the sort of good problem to have where there's like too many guys needing at bats. Like they're actually at a point now where they need George Springer to back and take some at bats because um, there's too many holes in the lineup. I agree. And, and I, I think that uh, another, something else we've talked about or haven't talked about as much in this episode, but it is the kind of state of the state of uh, Randall Gritchick, who's kind of reverting to form, which is fine, right? Like he is who he is, but I don't think he, there's not a lot of value in having Randall Gritchick playing right field if he's hitting as Randall Gritchick hits. You know, I I I um I think that his his value comes as a center fielder, and the difference in in defense um, between he and Jonathan Davis, I don't think is significant enough to warrant playing Davis 
um, there o- over him. Uh, you know, you know, Jonathan Davis has had a you know he's had a couple hits uh, in the, over the weekend. You know, he's actually got hits in three straight games uh, going into today, I guess. But uh, I don't know. I'm just like if if Grichuk needs to play center field for me. You know, Teos can play right, can play right, and then Loris Gurriel can play left. If if they are really dead set on on um, on the on the the defense, and they're really worried about what Lourdes can do in the outfield, well, that's a problem. But uh, I don't know. There's there's lots of lots of machinery, lots of machinations uh, still to come, lots of uh, changes. You know, when the Blue Jays start to get healthier, hopefully, some of the 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 kind of mainstays get the chance to play and then we get a chance to see the real 2021 blue jays because we haven't quite seen that yet caitlin what's going on what do you got coming up this week i know you're working on the power rankings yeah it's my week for power rankings again Uh, i can't reveal what they are Mm. i actually don't i was saying before off air i don't know because i haven't looked we tally them up at the end of the night um, they're due in by a certain time for all the writers. They have to submit their um, rankings, and then we tally them all up. And I haven't done that yet. So I actually mm-hmm. don't know the final results as I'm talking. I'll look right after this is done and figure it out. But I can take some guesses who will be at the bottom. I can take some guesses who will be at the top. I think the Blue Jays will probably be somewhere in the upper half of the middle, I would guess. Dare to dream. Yeah, but everyone check them out tomorrow. They will be up sometime Monday morning, and they're always a fun time. They're always a fun read. Come get yeah. angry at where the Blue Jays rank or be happy where the Blue Jays rank. I don't know. Come get angry. Come uh, drop Caitlin a note in the in the, uh, in the the comments. Tell her you're reading. Say what's up. I'm sure there will be lots of exciting stuff to come this week. Um it's always fun when it's not fun, but when the team's bad, there's always lots to uh, lots of lots of stuff to chew on when the when the when the team is bad. So then they're not they're bad right now. It's real talk. But Vlad is good. Bobachet is who he is. Randall Grichuk is who he is. Marcus Simeon is going to get rich. Marcus Simeon, Mar- Marcus Simeon, and, and Robbie Ray both playing themselves into being like wealthy men. Which congratulations mm-hmm. to them. Bless per- it. Perhaps not. With the Blue Jays, though. Oh yeah, they're they are they are pricing themselves out of the Blue Jays' uh, <laughs> uh, uh, pocketbook. Not unlike Jesse Lingard, priced himself out of, of West Ham's pr- uh, price range by coming on loan from Manchester United and scoring just goal after goal and looking every bit the part of uh, of, a, of an international staple who will suit up for England at the Euro. Too much for West Ham unless they can really move some money around. And uh, I, w- I would love to see them keep Lingard without giving up Declan Rice. Please, please, please. Please don't sell Declan Rice. That's my that's my uh, my shout out for the week. Uh, it's a holiday here in Canada, so everybody who we hope listens to this while you're chilling on uh, Victoria Day, letting off fireworks, neighborhood kids are screaming. I don't know. I hope I hope Cam cuts some of that, but not all of it, because uh, you know we got to keep it real here. Yeah, it was a lively moment. A lively moment of like very close by fireworks, which is uh, <laughs> <laughs> which is always fun. So if you are in Canada, I hope you enjoy uh, Victoria Day when you hear this. I hope you have a lovely day and a lovely week into the end of May. Caitlin, I hope you have a lovely week as well. Thank you. 
Speaking of Canada Day, if you listen to last week's uh, uh, spin rate, when I talked to Alexis Burdnicki uh, about some Canadians that are going to get drafted, if you haven't checked that out, please go back and do that. It was a great, a great, uh, sh- a great talk about that, and as well as all the different uh, challenges and issues that that are plaguing uh, the game that we that we care about so much, um, and and uh, different ways and different um, places that there is opportunity to fix and move better and make make more equitable for more fans and more people and just have a bigger tent. So go check it out. Make sure you read Caitlin. Read the power rankings. Read what she's got to say about the Blue Jays weekend that was at uh, theathletic.com slash spin rate. Her name is Caitlin. My name is Drew. We'll talk to you next time. Let's go.